lot more like July Tonight she's just over this point in your careers brothers you guys still getting along enjoying the creative process together and simply literally being very close uh, in proximity to each other every night during these tours yeah we're on a tour bus there's nine of us squeezed in these in the bunks and uh it's a you know it's kind of a thing where you wake up in a new town and you get yourself together then you do sound check and you do dinner and the show and then jump on the bus and drive to the next place. So it's uh, a <laughs> bit of a whirlwind. Pretty intense. Yeah, Absolutely. It's kind of a whirlwind. But, the, you know, the, the music is going really well. We've been, you know, the venues have been great. The crowds have been great. So I think we're really, we're really enjoying it. Well, whenever you kick things off, I, I saw the Fallon uh, video with Tom Petty t-shirt with the, uh, with the single. Uh, you're really setting a tone to say, hey, we're, uh, we're here and we're... <laughs> We're going to blow the doors off of the venues and get everybody excited about this. I guess uh, a, a question that uh, rings true to me, Michael, Kevin, both of you, whoever uh, this this comes to, whenever you're hitting these towns at this point now with this being your eighth album, are you now seeing a lot of the same faces as you're pushing over You know the amount of time that you guys have been on the road together and actually out working these uh, these dates from each album that comes out? I think it's always easier, at least a little bit easier, going back to a place that you've played before, um, because hopefully there's a few people there that have either seen the show or heard some of the music or have um, said to their friends, you know what, these guys came through a while ago, and, and uh, it was a fun show, so why don't you come down with me? And, um, you know, so I think that, that, that it, it definitely helps, and there's certain kind of pockets of, of the world where um, we have we do pretty well. I mean, you know, um, people even will even, will even see people singing along, which is, which is something that you really kind of relish as a, as a, as a songwriter or a performer, you know, to see somebody that knows the, knows the songs. And since we're not a, you know, a band with a lot of hits, you know, that's, that's, it's, it's something that you really want from, you know, it, it helps a lot when the audience knows at least a little piece of the music. I don't know if you guys are familiar with uh, Sturgill Simpson as an artist. He pared down and, and didn't bring his horn section out this last go around the last year. Was there, would there ever be, it, you guys have had the same band, I believe, the whole time. You guys have been together. Would there ever be a pairing down where, and I'm sure you guys have done some uh, just duets or, or shows like that, but I guess... As far as the business and travel concerns go, would you guys pare down the band and maybe play some uh, smaller sets or uh, smaller shows? We have, you know, we've we've done it, and um, and we can for sure. Um, you know, I I think that 
our preference is always um, to, you know, put those amazing players out out there, you know, sure. behind us because a lot of this, a lot of the songs, um, you know, and kind of you know, similar to to Sturgill in that way. If you if you if you, if, if you, you can get really you can get really used to having, for instance, a horn section. <laughs> it's, and, it's, a, it's a nice and party. Yeah, it's nice. We don't have we don't we have a a, a great uh, guy who who swings on um, uh, keys and, and saxophone and accordion. Um, but if we could have a horn section, you know, we I think we would have it. Um, I think that um, you know, on the other hand, sometimes it is nice, and, and sometimes they're sort of like one offs or or TV opportunities to uh, strip the songs down and just hear the way that they were first kind of delivered, which is basically just a couple of acoustic guitars um but it is it's it's a lot of fun to be able to to you know to have a big band oh absolutely more uh, interesting on the road too i'm sure michael i had a few uh questions about you so you've you obviously you teach and i believe you all recorded the album in uh, the college that you you teach at but you also do scoring and and obviously have a, a very accomplished resume in the tv world uh, with the, the rise of documentaries, like you think about that, I'm 34 years old. I want to say when I was in elementary school, if a teacher said we had to watch a documentary, we'd want to jump off a cliff. Now it's big business. You see it all over Netflix. You see HBO killing it. Interesting subjects. ESPN's made a giant avenue off it too. And you've you've worked on a ton of different documentaries. Has Was that just a business decision? Or are you a fan of the genre itself? How does uh, how does one come about to getting to work on so many great projects like that? Well, it really was not. It's more um, when after our son was born and we moved to New York and we're we're borderline starvation. Um, <laughs> I got finally a this guy gave me a job and happened to be a documentary producer who I still work with, and this is you know over thirty years. Um, and just when. When the phone rang and somebody was on the other end of the line, they seemed to be wanting me to score a documentary. Um, I've done a bunch of feature films, too. Kevin and I uh, collaborate on two feature films that he directed. Um, so it really wasn't a business choice at all. Um, and I think that anybody who survives in the music business as long as I have, you constantly have to be reinventing yourself. For instance, I'm a you know a professor of music at, a, at, yeah. the, at uh, Lehman College in the Bronx, and um, I never expected to be doing that, and it's been fantastic. And that is, um, this, it's a four-year college in the Bronx, and they have this absolutely gorgeous recording studio and video studio. And, you know, every week or so, it seems like another one of the big rooms in New York falls away just because, you know, if you have a big recording studio, the real estate is just too expensive. Yep. And uh, Lehman College still has the studio. and we, we recorded half the record there about a year ago and shot some video and we we ended up with five songs and that's not a cd and so we kind of just tried to figure out what we're going to do and we uh played a gig with ge smith who's a very famous guitar player particularly from saturday night live and um we did a gig with him and he loved the song that kevin wrote and he said can i produce it and we said sure and we booked the studio and that by now, Kevin has really sort of went into this writing bloom and, and cranked out four or five songs in a very short amount of time after quite a bit of time of not writing anything. So I uh, went in the studio with GE, and 
we recorded one song, and then the next day we booked the studio, and he said, well, can I hang out too? And we got <laughs> five, four, four songs done, and then we did another one in the, uh, you know, the past the past the guitar kind of thing with the, with all the guys working in their own home studios, and we ended up with ten songs, which to me is the minimum you really can do. So, um, and all of a sudden it sort of, the stars align, and we happen to have this uh, tour happening literally exactly the same time as the CD was released. So, um, somehow with this tour, I feel like the we're we're kind of ti- if timing is everything. I think uh, I think we got the timing right this time. Also, uh, with with GE, great and obviously you want the skills applied to your album and uh, into the creative process. But can we agree it would have been a better story if you said, "Nah, we're good. Sorry, buddy." <laughs> Just yeah, a bit. well, you know, it's interesting because it's it's as Michael pointed out, it, it we. We don't. We haven't often um, worked with uh, outside producers, right. and you know it can get it can get kind of um, comfortable to sort of stay in your own sphere, and and um, you know there's there's always that concern that um, I, I, you know maybe it's unfounded or or maybe it's just a function of nobody really being interested in in in, in you know producing us, but there's that concern that that you you're going to get in there and someone's going to tell you you know. I don't know. Look what they've done to my song, Ma. You know, and <laughs> and 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 so it, 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 that even that you know had its, its challenges. But I think it was a really good. Um, well, I don't even if I call it really a you know a good exercise. It was more. I think more. I'm just really happy with what what he brought and with with what we got out of the session. Yeah, and that's important too that you're comfortable enough to call it an exercise, and then in reality, it's like, well, he made an album and it's together and everything. That was the whole, uh, yeah. the whole final product too. So, Michael, uh, as a, as a musician and somebody that's very focused like you, I always say this: I have a friend who makes uh, probably what a teacher makes playing wineries, bars, but he's hustles and he works hard and he's been at it for you know ten years maybe doesn't have the uh, the idea of blowing up to be huge. But either way, that to me, I always say, is that is what a musician is. You get young people, and it's great that uh, you want to shoot for the stars. But would you agree that uh, you kind of, it sounds like that's your story as well? You have to grind it out. And, uh, and, and becoming a musician means about 50 or a million different things. Uh, I guess for somebody getting started, what would you tell them uh, as far as process goes, how to actually be a paid musician oh that's such a great question and you'll you may have to shut me up because i'm all of a sudden i'm i'm channeling my college professor bring it um <laughs> a couple of things i'll say about that um if what's your buddy's name casey reeves okay so if casey has a backup like he went to dental school mm-hmm. he's going to take it so one of the one of the one of the really great things about me is i never was able to do anything else and when you know when I got married and I had a kid and I had nothing, I had to make it work, and I had to make it work within music because that's really the only skills I had. Um, the other thing that I would say to Casey is, and I tell my students this all the time: What is it about you that's different than everybody else? And try to find out what that is, identify it, and then try to get so incredibly good at being that thing that. The world can't ignore you. So, um, you know, in the, in the band, for me, I'm always trying to kind of find what I can contribute that other people can't do. Uh, so in this tour, we're, 
<laughs> we broke out this crazy little um, what we call interludes. It's, I play cello in the band sometimes in a couple of songs, and so I wrote this interlude, and it's written in the style that I compose. And when I'm when I'm doing my best work, I don't even know what the chords are. They're four independently moving lines that only exist in relationship to each other. And um, you will not hear any piece of music like that in any band anywhere because people just don't write like that, and I do. So um, that's kind of an example. And so I hope, uh, you know, I mean, that's my advice, and I, I think it's sort of been time-tested because I've seen a bunch of my students go out into the world and do really well. And uh, I'll, I'll shut up after this. Uh, I'll give you an example. I had, I had a student, film scoring student, and he was a keyboard player. And he said, I asked him what, he, what happened, you know, what his career is like. He said, well, I was a contrabass major at Juilliard, graduated as a performance in contrabass. contrabass. And um, I said, well, why don't you use that in your film scoring? Nobody plays the contrabass at that level. But he didn't want to do it. He couldn't see that that's what made him completely unique. And he's, and he's a keyboard player. He's doing weddings and stuff like that. And he's a great composer. And I think if he had followed my advice, he probably would have you know, gotten more traction with the business than he is right now. Kevin, a couple of quick ones for you. At this point in your life, do you find your focus more on music than acting? And also... What's the favorite line of yours that you've ever delivered in a movie? Um, when you say at this point in my life, do you mean today? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't... Um, no, I, 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 uh, I'm, I, I'm definitely uh, still focused on acting as well. I mean, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a movie when we finish. I'm doing a series. And, and, uh, and you know, like any career... I get up every day and try to figure out um, how to keep it going, you know, uh, reading stuff, thinking of ideas, looking for things to option, talking about, you know what I mean? It's like a, I, I, I often say that, you know, people, people have this kind of concept that when you uh, are in between jobs as an actor uh, and probably as a musician too, that you're kind of on vacation. So in other words, you, you work and then you go on vacation and you work and you go on vacation, <laughs> which in my experience isn't really, is not even close to the truth. You're, you're just constantly, constantly either uh, in pursuit of work or, or trying to um, promote something or develop something or, or um, you know, find the next thing. Um, and so, you know, in the, in the short term, you know, we're here and, and we'll, we'll be, we just, you know, yeah. did some, uh, did a Facebook Live thing, and then you know we'll be thinking about the gig once we get to St. Louis. Um, and then, um, in terms of my favorite line in the movie, I oh, gosh, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't. Uh, it's not something that I wake up and think about all that often. <laughs> in fact, I'll be honest with you. You know, since I really don't go back and look at them, sometimes people will come up to me and quote me um, back a line. And it'll be such a non sequitur that I'll have no idea what they're talking about. Really? I mean, yeah. I mean, like, like I gave you an example recently. Um, somebody came up to me and went, "You're a lousy basketball player, Jack." <laughs> and I, <laughs> I had no idea what the guy was in an airport. Right. I had no idea what the guy was. I thought he was a lunatic. 
<laughs> and it turns out that it was a line from a from a. I think that's. I don't even know if that's a line, honestly, but it was something like that. Uh, a few good men. Yeah. And actually, I don't even think it was my line. I think maybe it was Tom's line. It, it was, was Tom's line, I so, believe. Yeah. <laughs> now that you say that. Okay, so it was Tom's line. Especially whenever you have a, a coffee in hand and you're reading a book, and somebody just comes up and shouts that at you. So I'm just going to say that your favorite line was Tom Cruise's line. Then so I'll just go. I'll go with exactly. that story. My favorite line in the movie wasn't even mine. <laughs> Well, that makes sense. Uh, Michael, Kevin Bacon, the Bacon Brothers at Del Mar Hall tonight in St. Louis. Uh, we're really excited to have you in. It's disgustingly hot here, so you guys will uh, get that good rock star sweat going. But uh, we got no problem with the heat. Bring <laughs> the heat. We like it. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for the time. We really appreciate you jumping on St. Louis Live, and uh, I'm sure St. Louis will rep you guys hard and uh, and come out and cheer you on. Okay. Thanks so much. Thanks for your help with the show. We really appreciate it. She puts on my top petty t-shirt